Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And you're checking out The New Standard on October 2nd, 2022. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Big Neil? Great day, Lance. That was a that was a lot of fun. I'm I'm sure you enjoyed it as well. We of course are talking about a wrap up here to the Steelers' 24 to 20 loss at the hands of the goddamn Jets in one of the dumber games I think we'll see all season. And I've I've sadly said that a few times now, Lance. I thought you were getting ready to say it's the wrap of the Steelers' 2022 season. I thought that's what you were going to say. Not there yet, um, but in a way, I, I think I've been there pretty much since before training camp. I mean, that this isn't uh, this is not surprising. I, I didn't think I picked them to win this game, um, as, yes. as listeners of the show uh, heard on um, whatever day that was. What day did we record? That was Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, as you heard on Wednesday, I picked the Steelers to win this game, um, and they had it. Uh, it very much uh, was a, a winnable game, a game that was there for them to win. Not enough defensively at the end. And if you're wondering why we started a minute and a half late, it's because Lance and I were chasing Jets receivers around the field on third down and uh, were not successful in our efforts. So we had to jog back to uh, to come on camera now. So. Yes, we did. But before we hop into the program, and there's a lot to talk about, because obviously uh, the cat has been let out of the bag. And I think we can both agree that Kenny Pickett era has started. Uh, But before we jump into that, as always, if you want to participate in the program, you can go to YouTube and do a search for The New Standard and Neil Kulong or Lance Williams. Also, you can do a search for The New Standard on any of your podcast feeders and you will find the program also want to give a big shout out to my aunt who's celebrating a birthday today my aunt phyllis also want to give a big shout out to pair uh pair health um, our sponsor of the show and great dads versus everybody neil this was an interesting one I, i i think our topics over the last several weeks i mean of course we're not you know, you're Neil Stradamus. I'm not yet Lance Stradamus. But I think from the titles of our programs, um, can I pick it? Yes, you can. Um, we had a feeling that the picket error was starting. Now, let me ask you, do you want to talk about the game briefly before we talk about what's the only thing that's really important about this game is the fact that the Kenny Pickett error started? Well, let's, let's get into Pickett. I think that's the big storyline of the game. Of course, the, the Steelers fall in this one in, in NFL Week 4, 24-20 to the Jets. Uh, the biggest story of uh, the afternoon, I think everybody would agree, was the fact that Mitch Trubisky was benched at halftime in favor of the rookie, Kenny Pickett, who came in um, right off the bat, threw an interception, then he waited a bit and threw another interception that kind of swung the game, and then he threw one on the last play of the game. So... Um, an auspicious start to the Kenny Pickett era in Pittsburgh. That said, I don't think Lance, he, he looked all that bad. I think he made it a, a couple really nice throws. He made a few that weren't so good. I think that they're going to uh, see that in film, but this isn't a real hard one to figure out. I, I think he did some good things um, in, in, in between the interceptions. He ran for two touchdowns. 
which is odd because the Steelers haven't run for touchdowns, I think, since Jerome Bettis, as far as, as what I've seen. Um, it, they ran the ball a little bit better today, but Pickett gave them what I thought, Lance, was a, a, a spark. And I believe Mike Tomlin used that exact word, word in his press conference a couple seconds ago. Um, it, as far as the offense is concerned, they, they seem to step it up quite a bit uh, in the second half when he was in there. They made a couple bigger plays. It looked like they were a bit more spread out, a bit more open. And Pickett's mobility uh, gave them an advantage that they desperately needed. They needed points on those drives. Uh, he was able to finish one of them, uh, two of them off. And with that, I, I think you see what it could be. Now, you're not playing a great defensive team, and the Jets Jets only played a little bit not bad compared to the Steelers today. I mean, it was. I love that term, it, a little bit not bad. It, it was. Oh my God! They, both teams were were junior varsity for for the bulk of this game. Uh, the Jets were able to put together a little bit more at the end than the Steelers were, but top to bottom, I, I think Pickett's uh, debut we could categorize it kind of as a success. I, I don't think it was fantastic by any stretch. Um, really, the, I mean the 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 interception, the first interception that he threw. If we want to go over those, um, not the best thrown ball uh, to Chase Claypool. Didn't give him a chance to take advantage of the height advantage that he has. Um, over most defensive backs in the NFL. Uh, Underthrew it a little bit. Claypool didn't really get a chance to extend. Uh, the ball was right there for any of the, the three players who were there uh, to make a play on it. And two of those three players are, are looking to knock it to the ground. Not a great throw, but not a terrible interception either. I mean, it's 40 yards down the field. That's a punt. Um, you're not too upset with that. Uh, the second one was the big one, though. That in, that was the one to Fryermuth when, uh, when Pickett was flushed out of the pocket. Not a good decision. Um, he didn't step into it enough. He airmailed it. Farmuth's a big kid, and he had to climb the ladder to go get it. He couldn't pull it in. That's not on him. It's unfortunate, though, that it did bounce off his hands and right into, um, I forget who got the interception. Somebody help me out with that. Not an ideal play. Um, you definitely don't want to see that. Not a good decision by Pickett. You definitely don't want to see that. Uh, the third pick was a Hail Mary, and I, I would like to point out that he put it into the back of the end zone, whereas Trubisky would have put it 12 yards short, so... There's that at least. Um, and this was brought up a couple times now in the comments as well. I, I think we have to credit, uh, to some degree, give Pickett some of the credit for the way George Pickens came alive for the first time this NFL season. Agreed. You saw him do the things that he does. I mean, he made some sick catches. The, the kid is just ungodly talented. It is, it is unreal how good of a player he is. Um, they gave him a, 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 an opportunity to make some plays in the second half, and he he showed that he's capable of doing that. Pickett got let me, him let me Let me pause you real quick, Neil. There. It was nice. Let me pause you real quick, Neil, there. Um, to Pickens, when you mentioned him, he had uh, six catches on eight targets for 102 yards, averaged 17 yards a catch with a long of 27. So That's a you, productive you were, day. That's a very productive day. That's spot it, it, on. That, that's a, that's a six-catch day. Over 100 yards with a long of, what did you say it was? 27. 27 yards. That's a lot of big catches. This kid, he, he's got all the talent in the world, and we just saw that. Pickett brings that out. That's a positive thing. That, that's something we can take away. I don't want to hang everything on interceptions. Wasn't a good decision on the rookie's part. Two of those interceptions, though, the, the first one was, was an aggressive mistake, at least. If that's third and long, who cares? It's the same thing. At least you gave it a shot. You can't convert a first down when you punt the ball. At least they gave it a shot. Uh, this and the third one doesn't matter. It, it's it's irrelevant. 
when I think about this game and, you know, I, I'll, I'll give my opinions um, of Pickett, but I, I want to get there. I want to go around the valley and round the mountain to grandmother's house we go until we get to that decision. When I look at this season, and me and you have talked about it, Neil, ad nauseum. This is 2022. Your fathers, or I should I shouldn't say your fathers because, hell, I'm 52. So when I'm talking about your fathers, I'm talking about myself. Uh, but my father's father's Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022, uh, you can't win with a philosophy or you can't win consistently with the philosophy of running the football, playing solid defense, trying to turn the ball over, so on and so forth. And I think what we're seeing is in a year in which Mike Tomlin rolled the clock back and put all his faith and trust philosophically on this defense to be the unit that carried the team, you can see how precarious that is especially when your best defensive player is lost week one. So I, I'm what I'm trying to say is when you, when you have that philosophy, you don't give yourself much margin for error. I think what he anticipated was the defense would play well, let the offense tread water, it catch up, and over the course of the time and the course of the year, it would balance itself out. The defense could keep you in games, Offense could make a play here or there. But when you turn the ball over four times, you play a quarterback like Mitch Trubisky, you have an offensive line that is also trying to gel and have some chemistry. You don't have any margin for error. And philosophically, you know, it, it was just, I think, a philosophical mistake to try to win football games that way. I'm not sure they had any other option looking at the roster and looking at the quarterback position. But, you know, and, and I got to find the quote that my uncle sent me, my uncle Greg. He, he sent me a great quote of, about uh, Pickett. You can't keep the caddy in the garage. And I and, and it's time. You, you got to pull the caddy out of the garage. You know, pull the Band-Aid off. I don't think Trubisky should see the field again unless Kenny Pickett gets hurt. And the Kenny Pickett era has started. And I think you're absolutely right. When he came in, you saw some juice in the offense. You saw some juice in the offensive line, so on and so forth. There were some positives in this game. But, you know, the defense has to step up, especially in that situation. And when philosophically your coach is banking on the fact that you're going to play defense and be able to keep people in the game and keep your team in the game. But I, I think the Steelers are just in a bad spot right now moving forward. But I think to Neil's point, I think Kenny Pickett showed some flashes. I mean, he's better than Mitch. He's better than Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, I think we got to the point where you just, it was going to take too long for Mitch Trubisky to get right. And so can you, you know, the question we're asking, and I'm going I'm to throw it to you, Neil, is, you know, can Pickett save the Steelers' season? I don't think Pickett can save the season. Um, I, I don't think the team is overall is good enough 
uh, for that. And they're in a hole now. And that hole is about to get a lot deeper. Uh, we haven't, this team hasn't played anybody that, that played well yet. Um, the Bengals are the best team that they've played. Um, that was a game that, frankly, they shouldn't have won. I, I like to think the last three weeks has proved that. Um, the Browns are, a, Browns might be a good team. Some days they're a good team, some days they're not. But the Patriots aren't a very good team. Um, and the Jets are not a very good team. We're seeing exactly who the Steelers are. Uh, that said, Kenny Pickett was 10 for 13 for 120 yards, 9.2 a throw. The three interceptions obviously are not good. They're not ideal, but that's 9.2 yards a throw. Pickett looked to attack, and for a very brief period of time there, the Steelers, all, all the tumblers came together, and they were playing well offensively. They were making things happen. They got their playmakers involved. Good things were happening. The bad interception flipped the game. Didn't help that their defense absolutely could not get off the field, but uh, Pickett's throw, in, in, and I'll, I'll say it flat out, even though I'm not somebody that believes one player, one player ever uh, determines an entire game, but Pickett's throw flipped the momentum that they had. So he brought it and then he took it away with one mistake. But if, if he just eats that, if he throws it away, if Frymuth tips it and it goes out of bounds, the Steelers win this game. I, I, I think everybody would agree with that. They're hanging on to possession. Um, I, I don't know if the Jets would have had enough time if the Steelers were able to get a first down in that and then punt them deep and, and put them way back. I don't know if they're able to get the field goal range or not. At the very least, it looks like the game's going into overtime um, at, at best at that point. We, we like what Kenny Pickett did in between uh, the mistakes. And frankly, I didn't, I haven't said that about Trubisky all year. There were, it, it, especially in the second half, it, Pickett was the polar opposite of Trubisky in the second half. He turned the ball over a bunch with which Trubisky didn't do, but he did stuff as well. He made plays down the field. He made things happen. He got them touchdowns. You know, he led them two touchdown drives. Trubisky didn't, Trubisky doesn't lead them two touchdown drive, drives in four quarters of three games. Um, we, we have to like that. That That's a good thing for what we're seeing of Kenny Pickett. But let's let's be real. I mean, it, 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 somebody had mentioned the, the infamous T word here earlier. I don't believe you tank in the NFL. I don't believe that you learn how to win by not winning uh, intentionally. Play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Good things are going to happen. There are good young players on this team. Another player I've ripped consistently this season has been Najee Harris. Najee did a thing or two today. He didn't look as terrible as he has the last couple of weeks. It's coming together. Pickett's going to bring a lot more out of them. These are all good things. How much of that is, is going to help them in a, a brutal um, four-game stretch here before they're by? I don't know. If, if, if I was so inclined, I would bet right now that they go 0-4 in those games. I think 1-3 and is, is an accomplishment for where this team is right now. Um, not being sure exactly on, on TJ Watt's status, but will Pickett save the season? No. Um, I don't think the season is there to be saved. I'm not, I, just, I don't see that happening uh, for this group. But I, I do think we are going to be in a position – to be excited about where they're going and what they're going to look like next year. It's just not going to be now. They're going to need to take their lumps now to kind of put everything together. And I'm encouraged by that. I don't think that's a bad thing. I wish I could do the Jim Mora impression, <laughs> uh, but I, I can't get my voice that high, but, but I'm going to attempt it and I'm going to remix it a little bit. 
instead of saying playoffs, I'm going to say save the season. What do you mean save the season? Like Neil said it, it it depends on what your definition of save the season is. So in Pittsburgh, it's playoffs, right? Every year, playoffs, Super Bowl or bust. From that perspective, there's no way you can save the season. I mean, you look at the Steelers' schedule. They've got Buffalo next week. They've got Tampa Bay after that. They've got Miami and then Philadelphia. Neil, they're losing all those games. I, Unless I, I would bet right now on, on them losing all four of those games. Today, and I'm going to bet, bet that. that on those four games, they're going to be close to double-digit underdogs in every single game. I heard. I haven't checked yet because I'm contractually not allowed to mention other sports books. Ahem. <laughs> Super annoying. Um, I I have heard the line as much as uh, minus twelve for the Bills next week in Buffalo. That that's not going to be pretty. Um, if if Buffalo finally puts everything together against Pittsburgh, which they really don't, but if typically when they play, they're they're seventeen to thirteen kinds of games. If Buffalo puts it together um, it, and wants to really step on the Steelers' throat, they can absolutely do it in this game. That that, that could if they really wanted it to be, that could be forty one to ten. Yeah, they're clearly better. So, so when you're talking about they lose the next four, which would put them at what one in seven. So at that point, Amen. you know, at that Sorry. point, the season's over. So what you have to start doing is you have to start looking at it from a different perspective. And big up the Steelers sixty three with the comment: Mitch better slide down to number three on a depth chart. Enough of him being afraid to step up in the pocket and take a hit to make a play. Unlike him, he took a shot in the pocket and right completed there. a pass to the middle. He stepped into throws and he delivered. And to be honest with you, it, it being objective, if you watch the two players, it, it's Trubisky's got a noticeably better arm than Pickett does. Pickett doesn't put a whole lot of gas behind what he's throwing, but uh, Pickett has the guts at least to to step up and make the throw Trubisky's throwing quick game, everything, which is off his, his back heel. He's whipping it with his wrist. Pickett's putting himself into it. And it, it, with that guys are going to make plays. You saw what George Pickens did today. It's an incredible receiver. I, I I'm floored at how, how talented he is. Plain and simple. Trubisky just couldn't get him involved in games. And it, it it's, you know, it, it, we can talk about, Canada's offense and all this bullshit as much as we want. The reality is Trubisky did not put the best players on the team in position to make plays and Pickett did. They paid something of a price, but defense had multiple opportunities to stop. They had multiple third downs at, at the end of the game. They didn't make that happen. They could have Pickett generated offense. Trubisky never did. And to be honest with you, I'm not, I told you so guy, but Oh, my God, I've been yelling this since March. Mitch Trubisky ended up being exactly who I said that he was going to be because that's Mitch Trubisky. It's not me saying that making some bizarre prediction. It's exactly who he's been throughout his career. He is a very limited quarterback, okay? And and there's really not any point in playing him again, in my opinion. And I'm glad you said that, Neil, because that goes into – you know, and, I, and I'm going to get back to the point of Ken, you know, about what the season is, saving the season. But that gets back to the mistake in the philosophy in terms of how they wanted to play this year. 
they knew what Mitch Trubisky was as well, but they wanted to play a style of football that really concentrated on their defense and the running game. And they wanted to play in a fashion that was like 1980s, 1970 football. There's a tick above the replacement level backup in Trubisky that you probably needed to get to compete and be effective a la a Teddy Bridgewater. You know, if you want to win, if you want to win and play in that style and that fashion, Teddy Bridgewater is much better for you than Mitch Trubisky. I, I don't um, even know if that is necessarily true. I, I, I think we're splitting hairs at this point. We've given the choice are. between the two. I'm taking Bridgewater, but I don't think that changes a whole lot. That doesn't change. He's, he's not any good either. There, there's a reason these guys aren't <laughs> under long term contracts. They're not all that good. This is to say, as I'm, I'm watching the uh, um, the, the uh, Patriots Packers game right now. And the Patriots have something called Bailey Zapp coming in for, for Brian Hoyer. Remember him? Brian Hoyer sighting. He signed with the Steelers for a cup of coffee back in like 2012. He just got knocked out of the game. So the Patriots are down to absolute rags at the quarterback position. That's how hard it is uh, to, to keep quality quarterback play on the field. They're just There aren't very many of them. It's not that Trubisky uh, in and of himself was the right guy, in my opinion. I, I could see in, in fair objective moments i could see why the steelers signed him i did not think he was going to be any good he hasn't been any good but it's not like there were a ton of options out there now jacoby Brissett playing some decent football in cleveland we're seeing a thing or two out of him um he's he's not going to carry him to the promised land they just they just lost to marcus mariota and the falcons for cripe's sake another guy who was out on the market the steelers uh, didn't sign in favor of Mitch Trubisky. None of these guys are all that much different from each other. They're they're really kind of the same makeup. From there, it gets into specifics of what a coordinator and a head coach want to do, and that's not right or wrong. They're going to get less superior quarterback play when you have to go into free agency to get a starter. That's just the way it is. Until Lamar got- comes free, and if they want to sign Lamar next year, that'd be great. I got a couple of questions I want to ask you on the defensive side before I get there. <laughs> when question, when we uh, talk about can he save the season, not from the perspective of competing for a championship or a playoff spot, no. If you look at the season the way I have and compartmentalize the season, and I've said this on the show, <clears throat> if they come out of the year with Kenny Pickett playing solid football, and he plays the type of football that reinforces the decision for them to draft him number 20, and the offensive line gets solidified, that is a successful season. That's a season to me that you can build on for next year. Another thing they might want to find is, you know, have another young defensive lineman that can play football as well, that could play and replace Alou permanently and so on and so forth. But you kind of have to look at it in terms of you have to change your lens in terms of what successful is. And for me, successful is not wins and losses this year. Successful is getting Pickett to a point where he's ready to be the guy to carry your franchise in year two and putting all those pieces together for him to do that. Defensively, let me ask you, and, 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 and Kevin Motley asked the question, and welcome to the show, Kevin. What is the Brian Flores effect? I, Brian Flores is a linebacker coach. 
um, it, it, whatever effect he has, you see it in the play of the linebackers. I mean, if people, if, if people wanted to make his hire out to be something incredibly strategic, uh, as if he's on the same level as the head coach, I, I don't know what to tell you that that's not the job he was hired to, to, uh, to execute. Um, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a boatload of experience. It doesn't mean that he's not contributing to that in some way. These are all things we don't know about. What we know right now is defense is, is leaking oil badly right now without TJ Watt. They've been a sieve. I mean, from what we've seen last year, they had some moments. I, I forget somebody help me out. Who was the, the, the uh uh the color broadcaster in this game i wasn't i I didn't recognize the voice he was heaping all kinds of praise on the steelers defense i didn't quite see that but they didn't play terribly in stretches they fell apart in the fourth quarter they fell apart in the second half last week situationally uh throughout the course of the game they did all right you know what the funny thing is everyone's screaming about the jets on third down myself included you know what the jets were on third down five for 16 Really not as bad as you think that it was. Um, is it Archuleta? Is that who it was? Okay. Arch. That's, yeah, he was calling him Arch. I totally forgot about Adam. Is, is it Adam Archuleta? Is he still doing this? Holy cow. <clears throat> anyway, um, I think top to bottom, whatever effect Austin has, it, it's going to be most notable within the linebackers. And I'll tell you this, we're seeing some pretty outstanding play out of Miles Jack. I know everyone's going to talk about Devin Bush doing this or that. I'm not sure how great Devin Bush is top to bottom. And I think that's on Devin Bush. I don't think that's a coaching thing. Um, they've put Miles Jack in a position to kind of be the shot caller for, for the, the uh, middle of the field. And he's doing a great job against the run. At the very least, you can tell he's playing his butt off. And I, I appreciate that from a veteran that needs his contract next year. I'm excited about what they have with him. I wouldn't ignore the position in the draft, but I, I like what they have with him. I keep him over Bush in a heartbeat right now. I don't care about age. I don't care about cost. I'd much rather have Miles Jack on my team than, than Devin Bush. Um, that's an effect for Flores. That's not the question that you're asking, and that's not what the conversation is going to be. This is one of those kind of splintered offshoot types of things that isn't grounded in reality anyway. There's no effect for for Brian Flores. He's the linebackers coach. Okay, get after him about the linebacking play. If if we're not happy with that, then okay. Um, their injuries up and down. There's a lot of different pieces going in and out of this defense. The play isn't great right now, and I frankly I, I expected it to to be better than it was. What we got though was more kind of porous run defense, more Minka Fitzpatrick playing like a defensive player of the year and not enough plays coming from anybody else except for the stars. You know, if, if we're finally at the point where we can say um, that Alex Highsmith is not the all-pro player that everybody thinks that he is, that would help. They have no depth behind him, and I don't know if you can back up both of those players with good players. Would have been nice to have a Melvin Ingram type. Um, we're not seeing a whole lot out of, of um, Reed to this point. They're not getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, I'm starting to worry a little bit about Cam Hayward. He hasn't looked good two games in a row, in my opinion. I'll watch it again and see that. But bottom line here is none of this has a whole lot to do with Brian Flores. Criticize or praise Terrell Austin. He's the guy putting the defense together. Mike Tomlin oversees all of them. Criticize and praise him, which you'll criticize and not praise at all for anything that he does. I get it. Top to bottom, though, it's not Brian Flores' job to fix the entire defense. 
They have issues. They were down, what, two cornerbacks today as it, as it was. Um, I thought they did a, an okay job overall, but they lost situationally down the stretch, and that cost them the game. And the offense lost their big situational moment as well. You lose when you do that. Yeah, I mean, and that's – and we always talk about on this show that games come down to a couple of plays, and you yep. could see that – you know, in this game, particularly on that last drive when they gave up the third down conversion, then they gave up, um, I think, a fourth down conversion in that drive as well. Um, you know, they just didn't make the key situational plays. I mean, they held Zach Wilson to 18 of 36. You know, they intercepted him twice. He had a quarterback rating of 59, but he made better plays in big moments than the Steelers quarterbacks. And that's key all it third took. Down throws. Key third down throws. And when you play, when philosophically you're playing this type of football, when you are reducing the game like a sauce down to <laughs> a drive or two, a, it, this is what happens. It, ha, it has to almost be perfect. And I think what we can see with this defense as well without T.J. Watt is it just doesn't have the ability to finish. You know, it's a defense where, you know, it can get close. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you could take her out, but you're not going to take her home. That's the kind of situation that this defense is in. Like, you can get the date. You can take her out, but you're not taking her home. The, the, the ability to finish and what has made this defense elite over the last several years or very good over the last several years is – that guy that had what 22 and a half sacks last year, 22 and uh, a half, 22 and, and yeah, a half sacks. Honestly, Lance, it might be that simple. It might be as simple as that because they're, they're deep. Minka is making plays. Cam, Cam Sutton made a nice play on the ball today. Let's give him that. I, I won't include him in all of this. I, I, I like the way he's approached the game this year. I like the way they've used him, but top to bottom, they're not getting plays from anybody else. It, it's just not happening. Um, it, 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 overall, you're you're right. Situationally, they lost today. They're not getting plays from anybody but Watt, and make the argument that that's what happened last year too. And the frustrating thing I think for Steeler fans is when you look around the National Football League and you see the proliferation of points. I mean, you see a, a, a Detroit Lions football team that might be averaging thirty six points a game. You know, that's a football team that scores twenty two points in the fourth quarter comes back and almost beats the Seahawks, but they lose 48-45. I mean, you see the Chargers put up 34. You see Steeler fans see all these different teams scoring points, and, you know, the Steelers struggle to score 20. I mean, th this is going to be very interesting. But what me and Neil are trying to tell you is put on your seatbelt, strap up, it's going to get bumpy over the next four. Steelers didn't play good teams. I would like to point out that Geno Smith today was 23 of 28 for over 300 yards, and his team scored 48 points. 48. Geno Smith. <laughs> God. Oh, defensive football. Let's keep doing it. It works. It, I mean, so <clears throat> it, it's it's – I'm like, look, buckle up. Next four weeks – it's going to be really tough and, you know, it's going to look bad, but this is sexy tanking. This is treading. 
this, this is, is just what it is regression to the norm i mean yes this this team wasn't good last year it grossly overachieved somebody made this comment in social media that i read as well i i, I really liked it the expectations created by fans because of week one wins against superior teams on their field has created most of this. The team, in my opinion, if anything, they've overachieved over the last 32 games. They've overachieved because they are not nearly as talented as people are making them out to be. They're building. They have to reestablish their core. And to do that, yeah, everyone's freaking out about how much money they spend on defense. Like, do you want to not sign Watt? Should they not sign Fitzpatrick? What, what, what do you want them to do? They're going to sign these guys, but those contracts are going to go real quick. You know, you've got Watt on his – Watt might have already hit his prime. Pass rushers don't get healthier as their, their careers go on. They're going to slow down. Their effectiveness will, will drop off a little bit. They are trying to rebuild both sides of the ball at the same time, and it's really hard to do. Now they're just starting to lose – these types of games, which they won in the past, and the reasons yes. and the methods of them winning those games was not sustainable. There's that word again, Lance. We love that word. It, it's just not going to happen consistently. And I, I said this at the time when we did our, our season predictions. I said 7-10, and 10, and that's optimistic. I also said it's going to be a lot worse than 7-10 and 10 if Watt misses extended time, which he's which he has already. And very well could again. Who knows? But they're not going to win a whole lot without him on the field. We've seen it now three weeks in a row. It's funny that you say that. Let me let me read another quote. This is from a guy hmm. on, on Twitter. And this is why I say you guys have to be patient over the next several weeks. Because we have all clamored for Pickett. And we are going to get it. You're going to get a full dose of the Kenny Pickett experience regardless of what it looks like. And some weeks it might look great. Other weeks it might look bad. So I'm just saying, you know, strap on, get your seatbelt. Here was a quote from a guy on Twitter, Big Ben's Burner. And this is kind of how I want to just say it so you guys can just, so you don't have to take blood pressure pills. (laughs) So you don't have to jump off a bridge. If you expect a rookie to come in and play like a vet, you need to relax. There's growing pains with every rookie. So far, Kenny hasn't looked bad. This team isn't going anywhere. Let him grow. <laughs> let him learn. This is the Just most, let him play. <laughs> this is like, it, this is unbelievably nuanced and just perfect. Was that from this, your this, burner, Lance? You know, Big Ben's burner. <laughs> on Twitter, this this is the perfect. This, oh, this for is real? Is that the guy's is. name? Big Ben's burner. Big 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 Ben's burner. I was yeah. joking. I, I was saying you wrote the tweet. That's why you're praising. No, me. I didn't write the tweet. No, it's Big Ben's burner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sage like it. Sage like rational wisdom. Because in all honesty, Pickett wasn't perfect today. I'll be the first person to say that. They got a lot more out of everybody else with Pickett on the field, though, and they're going to need to continue doing that. But, yeah, he's going to have his down moments. He is not physically talented enough to just show up and, and gun the ball all over the field and have success. He's going to have rough outings, doesn't have a great arm, is not fully – I think he sees the field better than, than Trubisky does, but he's going to have his struggles for sure. And he's going up against some pretty nasty defenses in the next couple of weeks as well. So, um, 
we'll we'll find out real quick who he is. Um, <laughs> whether he should have played from the beginning or not, I think is going to be apparent by about halftime of of week six. We're gonna we'll, thing, we'll have seen enough of him by then to really get it. And one thing I want to add too to your point about getting a better evaluation of Pickett over the course of the next several weeks is I think we have to you know slow down just a bit. The kid came in at halftime. Let's see what he looks like after a week of practice with a game plan that's catered to his strengths. He practices the entire week. He deals with the media. He answers the questions, the preparation. Let's just see what it looks like against a really good team, one of the best defenses in football. And let's see what it looks like. Let's see what it looks like after a week of practice and preparation where he's supposed to be the guy. And if it does not look good, it's what Big Ben's burner said. You, you just you got to let the kid play. We've been screaming for Pickett. Can I pick it? Yes, you can. Well, what you say? Don't don't be don't be yelling for Mason Rudolph next week. Let me let me throw this at you though, Lance, because yeah, Rudolph's name is going to have to come up at some point in this conversation as well. What would your reaction be if they started? Trubisky at Buffalo next week. What 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 would you say? They're tanking. <laughs> <laughs> now it's official. <laughs> it's, it's official. It's official. They pulled the plug on the season. They're tanking. Bison legend Christian Christian Watson just scored a touchdown for the Packers. By the way, go Bison! Big homecoming win for the Green and Gold if, this weekend. If if Pickett. You know, the most interesting thing would be if Pickett started again, excuse me, not Pickett, if Trubisky started again, would just to be, I would just be more interested in hearing how Tomlin could wordsmith it more so than me being excited about watching the football. I don't think he would even wordsmith it. I think he would go into the, I'm pissed off, stop asking me. So I'm going to answer in like four words or less and not say anything more because we chose to do that. Well, let me ask you then. Let me ask you this: C- Can they go back? Can they go back to Trubisky? Like this team's one and three, and still has one of the worst offenses in the NFL. I don't think there's anything that they're not allowed to do anymore. I mean, <laughs> whatever. I, Matt Cannon is coaching for whatever job he wants to have next year. At, at this point, as far as I'm concerned, there's no way he's coming back. So, uh, whatever he would need to uh, put up something that resembles offense, but at the same time. Contrary to popular belief, I don't think that Matt Canada is the stupidest person in the world, and he saw the second half of this game. Yes, they ran the ball more effectively. Yes, they created more scoring opportunities. They completed more passes down the field. Is it theoretically possible that Trubisky could have done all those things? Yes. We just hadn't seen it for three and a half games. So why we think Kenny Pickett needs more time when when we know, know really what the problem is going to be with him? He's, he's young, he's inexperienced, he's got to make some mistakes, but Trubisky's mistakes is, is not taking any action. He's not doing anything. And the first half proved that. He Honestly, this wasn't even his worst half of football. Statistically, it was pretty bad. The line didn't block for him. He didn't get a whole lot. He screwed up on a really nice ball to, to uh, uh, George Pickens over the middle on an RPO, made the right read, made the right decision. He just did it a second late. And that's why... Um, uh, James Daniels is, is a yard downfield 
before he's supposed to be because Trubisky held the ball too long. Things like that. Like, you're the veteran. You're experienced. They brought him in to run RPOs, and he screwed it up. It, it, you, you can't do those things. So it, I, I don't see a reason why Canada would want him to play again. Um, I think that it just – I don't know this. I'm not reporting it. I just know that Mike Tomlin in the past has said he prefers veteran quarterbacks. I totally get why a head coach would prefer a veteran quarterback. Uh, unless you have a superstar rookie waiting in the wings, you probably want the veteran. But if they weren't going to give Pickett the job in week one, it's mostly because they wanted the veteran experience out on the field. That wore out very quickly. It probably lasted too long, you know, in fact. And Trubisky, he doesn't give them enough to do anything to, to make hay with. So, I, I don't see the point in in starting him in starting Trubisky anymore, barring injury. But I I don't know what Tomlin would do either. Um, I, I, he's not going to tank. He's not going to coach to tank. They're not going to play to tank. I get it. They're going to get a good player in the first round because they usually draft a good player in the first round wherever they're drafting, and they have young talent coming up on this team. They have cap space next year. The arrows pointed up with this team long-term. We don't quite see it as clearly now. We're going to see it over the course of the season. Now's the time to get the rookie quarterback the the beating that he probably needs to figure out what to do and what not to do. My opinion, that that's what you should do. Let me ask you, how's the decision made to, to go ahead and start uh, Pickett? Is, is, that, is Tomlin checking upstairs? Is he making a call or two ownership, GM? saying, okay, we're going to go with the guy. I mean, how is that decision um, being made at halftime? The the GM is in the locker room with him. The GM is usually on the sideline. Uh, or, or, well, I should say this. Kevin Colbert was usually on the sideline, um, or he kind of went between the two. The general manager is a lot more involved in the, the, the game stuff, I think, than most people recognize. Uh, well, most situations, it's like that. There are a few, I'm not going to get into it here, but there are a few GMs that are not really supposed to be in charge of the game stuff. They, they hired a head coach to do that. That was the stipulation of the head coach um, signing with that team. Colbert and Tomlin, though, always operated hand in hand when it came to that stuff. I don't, it, it, I'm sure it's Tomlin's call during the game. It might not be something they confer on, but they absolutely discuss it before the game. And the general manager technically is is the one who's in charge. Um, whether or not he has the the right to tell the coach do this or do that, I don't know. But they'll discuss it. Mike, at what point do you want to pull the plug if Trubisky isn't getting it done? Well, I don't want to this week. Uh, the next week, Mike, do you, do you foresee a quarterback change if it isn't going well? We'll give him a half. If it isn't working a half, we'll make a move. Or it could just be as simple as just like what Mike Tomlin said. I just felt the offense needed a spark. And I agree with that. It absolutely needed a spark. We don't know what that means for next week. Tomlin's not going to say right now for next week. He'll say that Tuesday at the earliest, uh, or he'll open it up to a competition. But the general manager will be a part of that process. Um, whether or not he has the final say, I don't know. But it, it, they're going to work together to, to discuss it and come up with what's best for the team. Um, I say that generally, I don't know if that's any different anywhere else. Um, Belichick is the GM, so I'm sure he doesn't really answer to anybody when it comes to that. Bob Kraft is not calling him at halftime, telling him what to do. Um, first year head coaches probably don't have that same authority. Uh, the general manager might step in and say, we're, 
you know, this is best. Do you agree with this or not? They're going to be collaborative with the decision is really what I'm trying to say. And, and I think that's probably the right move, all things considered. But the coach is the one down on the field uh, seeing everything. The general manager is supposed to, to provide kind of the 10,000-foot overview of everything. They'll be involved for sure in, in the decision. And it'll be something more like make sure the GM is aware of what's going on. But um, this one seems smart to me. I kind of hinted at it. it um, during the game, there was a time truly to, to yank Trubisky. It was halftime of this game, in my opinion. The offense was really bad. A, a message needed to be sent. Whether it was Trubisky's fault or not, in this one, I don't really feel that it was. Something needed to change. And, you know, attention needed to be grabbed. And I feel like they accomplished that. And they should have won the game. Trubisky or uh, Pickett threw a, a, a bad pass that got picked off. Um, unfortunate bounce off of Frymouth's hands nine feet in the air, uh, an, an unfortunate situation, a pass that Pickett shouldn't have thrown. Steelers win the game, in my opinion, without that. Yeah, the interesting thing is they win the game. It's always better to win incorrect. We always say that. They win the game, but the problems still remain. They win the game. They probably just have two wins and lose the next four. But the problems yeah. are still the same. Yep, there exactly was an interesting right. – you mentioned – you talked about Najee briefly at the top of the program that he looked better jim wexel put an interesting tweet out there i don't know if you saw it during the game hmm. and he wrote a tweet if we're talking about starting uh rookie quarterbacks over veterans uh how about giving some serious thought of starting warren over uh naji harris what was your thought uh, about that tweet that sentiment and, and, and i think naji's looking a little bit better i just don't think he's right physically right now yeah, I, I, I would say this. One, the starting running back doesn't matter so much. The starting quarterback, five starting offensive linemen, probably your starting safeties uh, and cornerbacks. Those are, are the, the starters play because those guys tend to play 80-plus percent of, of snaps. The starting running back, and the Steelers don't even do this, and they have more reason to do it than anybody else, they rotate in and out. Whoever starts, I think, is is less important. Um, should Jalen Warren be getting two carries a game? I don't think so. I, I'd like to see him a little bit more. What did he finish with today? If we're looking at it, because it was it was really kind of eye-popping at halftime. It was three of um, 18. Warren, three, three of 18 times. with a 14-yard run. And Harris had like nine for 27 or something like that at halftime. Najee put Najee had had a, a, a good stretch of carries in the second half. So good for him. But up until this point, to be honest with you, I felt Jalen Warren had a better game running the ball, not catching it so much, but running the ball. Uh, Harris has been a good receiver for them. He's done very well in that regard. But Warren looks like the better running back as far as taking carries in the backfield. Um, I'm not against Warren getting a, you know, a larger slice of the action. And frankly, they're only giving him two to three carries a game. Uh, that's where they like him, but he rushes for nine, 10 yards in, in one of those carries and has in every game. Harris, it takes him 10 carries to get 10 yards in, in a rush. And he only does it once or twice. It, to me, I, I you know, kind of comes a point that you need to put aside the idea that Najee Harris is this godsend to Pittsburgh and just admit the fact that he isn't. He really has not been a very good player. Not bad, but not very good. Jalen Warren is an undrafted rookie who's half Harris's size, and he's he's competing with him. Carry for carry, he's better, in my opinion. 
I agree with what Wexel is saying, not so much as he needs to be a starter, but he should be getting a few more carries a game. I, I give him another series or two, my opinion. There's another funny tweet uh, that Wex said, if I could pull it up here. Uh, and this is to, for, for an all of us fans to keep follow, it, by the way, to, 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 keep it, to keep it in perspective about Kenny Pickett, because can I pick it? Yes, you can. The Kenny Pickett era has started and mail wrote on 20 on Twitter as well that the Kenny Pickett era has started. Also, Jim wrote, uh, this is funny. Um, it took Ben Roethlisberger until his second career pass before he was intercepted. <laughs> so if there yep. is, uh, yep. you know, a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, at least uh, Kitty Pickett <coughs> is coming out aggressive and, and getting picked off very uh, soon in, in his NFL career. Yeah, and that, that's the thing we got to keep in mind. Um, I, I believe uh, that interception that Roethlisberger threw uh, against the Ravens when he came in uh, in the third quarter of, of that game. I believe that was a deeper throw. And the situation was um, similar. I think Pickett's came on what, second down? I think it wasn't a third down play. Um, he he put it up deep. He got the ball downfield. I don't think it, an interception, certainly not on third down, but on second down, I'm not even against that. Um, at close to neutral field, throwing a deep interception that doesn't bother me. I would rather see them be aggressive. Certainly the way that this team has been, I'd rather that see them be aggressive and try to make plays with, with the playmakers that they have than doing the dink and dunk junk that we've seen for, for the last, what, two and a half years now. That obviously isn't working. On top of that, I'd like to point out that I think the Steelers receivers in one half all doubled their yards after the catch in this game because Kenny Pickett threw the ball to spots that they could catch it and run. Trubisky didn't do that. Trubisky threw it inside, made him turn. He had to, to turn his body toward the ball all the time. The receivers did. They catch, turn around, and try to, to you know avoid a defensive back that way. It didn't work. They, they actually got plays out of their receivers today. And a large part of that is because Pickett is throwing catchable balls in spots that they can get up the field. That's a good thing. Question, we like Neil. that about Pickett. Let me, let me ask you this question, Neil. I thought the Steelers' run defense looked okay in certain situations. There was some, there were some third down situations where they got gutted on some runs. Overall, if you take out Zach yeah. Wilson's run, um, he had hurt. two carries for 15 yards. So the backs had, if I'm doing the math quickly in my head, the running backs for the Jets had 81 yards on 26 carries. I think statistically that looks good, but it doesn't feel like this run defense as good as it needs to be in the way that it needs to be with the way that they want to play. I mean, what's your thoughts on this run defense? Is I, it, I um, think, is it better than last year? Is it a work in progress still? I mean, what, what's I think your thoughts last on year's the run last defense? year started off better. Um, we're early yet in this season. We're not seeing great things, um, but honestly, I don't think they played incredibly poorly today. Um, they just lost the big plays, you know, that that's the game, but you don't evaluate the score when you're evaluating the game. You look at how they played to determine what they need to improve, what they did well and how to, to, to better scheme for the next game. If you break it down, play to play. I don't think their run defense was terrible in this. Um, they lost big downs that they needed to, but if you take that context out 
I don't think it was all that bad of, of a job. Um, there are definitely some things that they needed to improve, but keep in mind the Jets have run the ball pretty well uh, up to this point, and the Steelers, Steelers made them earn it. Um, gave them the ball three times in in playable uh, situations, and the Jets were were up ten, then they were down ten. You know, both teams had to to play from behind, and both teams failed to protect a lead. Uh, the Jets just were able to do that later in the game. And a large part of that, I'm going to guess, really comes down to the final two drives for each team um, in this game. And the Jets scored, and the Steelers turned it over. That's usually how how it works. So I, I'm I'm not overly worried yet. It's not good, but I, I hate to be Captain Obvious, but T.J. Watt's not on the field. This team is not built to to not have T.J. Watt. And if you think that's something they can just scheme around, or it's something needed they needed to prepare themselves for, no. What what good player is going to sign to sit behind T.J. Watt? There isn't. You're not going to get one. You know, it, they they can try to draft one. Maybe they need to do that at some point. But you're going to have to learn how to make hay with with uh, what's available for cheap via trades and who you can pick up off of uh, the street to back up a, an all pro player. More than anything, you just need to hope that he stays healthy. Do everything sure. you can to keep him healthy. And. and... Melvin put up the stat 0 and 6 without Watt. And um, keep in I mean, mind, I, we don't know what that 0 and 6 was for the first, what, three years of his career? Right. TJ Watts missed a lot of time lately. And for everyone that yelled at me on, on their comments on our YouTube page for, for predicting his injury, all I pointed out was pass rushers, especially the highly explosive ones like TJ Watt. Their, their injuries come up quickly at about the midway point of their career, and they start to miss time. And that's what you're starting to see with him now. He's played for a while, and he played a lot of snaps every season because you can't keep that dude off the field, you know, for obvious reasons. Look at him with when he's not there. They don't win. They, they, don't, they aren't successful. They could have used a big play in the fourth quarter defensively in this game. Minka did everything that he could. Minka was all over the field once again. Minka's been a warrior this season. Without Watt in there, though, they, they don't really have anybody that's moving the needle. And, uh, um, you know, losing the defensive player of the year from, from the year before is a significant loss. And as long as he is out there, they will be a much less defense. Just hope he comes back and and he stays healthy the whole time. You know, looking at their schedule before we put a bow on this show, thank you, everybody, for chiming into this week's episode Uh the new standard and we'll be back again as always on Wednesday to break down the game coming up against the Bills. So make sure if you're listening to the show, make sure you like and subscribe to the program. Got a lot of people in the chat. You know, this is just what it is. It's going to be a very interesting year. But funny enough, I, I mean like I'm more excited now than watching uh you know what you're going to get with Trubisky. I mean it's like you know what you're going to get there. Like it, it's like watching the movie that is so poorly written that you know what's going to happen ten minutes in, and you're stuck there waiting for the movie for two hours. We knew where this was going with Trubisky, so I'm a little more excited that the Kenny Pickett era has started. I want to see what the rook can do. I want to see what the kid can do. Let me let me ask you this, Neil. I'm looking at the Steelers' schedule, and I, I think we both agree they lose against Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia. Then comes the bye week. I'm looking at their schedule. There's only three other games I think they can win. That's the game against the Saints, the game against the Colts. I don't think they can beat the Falcons the way that the Falcons score points. 
and the Carolina Panthers. I, I think they have the ability to be competitive in, in and maybe that Cleveland game at the end of the year. I don't think there's a lot of opportunities left on this schedule for them to eke out wins. They've got a tough schedule. They're making this change to the first round. The first rounder, we think, because some of you in the chat believe that maybe this was a spark thing and Trubisky will start next week. But it's it's tough sledding, I think, for the rest of the way. What do you, what do you think? What, what games do you see as uh, – realistic realistically winnable games left on their schedule i think in the scheme they played junk uh overall in the first four weeks and they're going to play a few of the best teams in the nfl in the next four weeks uh at the end of that i think we're gonna have a pretty good sense of who this team is um from there so after the, the juggernaut of at bills home versus brady and the bucks at dolphins at eagles which is just nasty it's dolphins on on sunday night too by week at home versus the Saints, which is the team the Steelers just don't beat for whatever reason. Um, prime time at home against the Bengals. <clears throat> um, I think they could beat the Saints. I think the Bengals will will have their ship a little bit stronger, you know, it, moving forward at that point. That's a tough game, though. Um, they're a good team. I, I'm not impressed with the Colts and haven't been all year. Falcons are, should not be a good team. They just beat the Browns somehow. Um, first game against the Ravens. The Ravens, I think, are a good team. Um, the Panthers are not a good team. You're at the Panthers. The Raiders have not played like a good team. I think they're going to put everything together by then. New coach, um, new high-money receiver. There's some things offensively they need to work out. They'll be a lot better by then, but uh, the charged atmosphere for the, the celebration, the Immaculate Reception, will be nice. Um, at Ravens on New Year's Day, then at Browns um, at some point, depending on where everything is to, to end this season. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, NFL schedule, every every game is tough. I it, I'll, I said 7 and 10. I can't really waver from that. But clearly, uh, this doesn't look like a, a team that's going to find a way to win. Um, wh- what are they now? Six of the next 13? That That's going to be tough. Um, I'm not sure yeah. if that'll happen. Yeah, I want to give a big shout out to my pops who chimed in on the boards as well. Uh, Steelers 63, Lance, you nailed the wins total. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, the picket era is here. Uh, strap on your seatbelt and just enjoy the ride. I mean, enjoy and, and, and see what this guy is, you know, by the end of the season. Hopefully, in your mind as a fan, it is absolutely solidified that he's your next guy. And that that's what we want to see. We want to see the progression of Kenny Pickett over the course of the rest of the season, in my opinion, and this offensive line continue to get better. Uh, but I, I think, you know, it only goes up from here. How high that ceiling is, I don't know. But the, the floor can't be any lower than what it was currently with Mitch Trubisky at the helm and, and running the offense. But with that, we're going to conclude the show. And as always, please... Tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.